You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. The Johannesburg Inner City Federation, a community structure, has welcomed all the assistance being provided to help the victims of the Joburg Building fire. Different NPOs and members of the public have been providing food, blankets and other essentials. Let's explore this uh, conversation now and look at the possibilities of a permanent solution to the scourge of dangerous and unsafe hijacked buildings plaguing our major cities. Um, you know, we've seen some of uh, the, the, the very concerning hijacked buildings across the country and uh, we are in discussion with former Johannesburg Mayor and Action SA leader Herman Mashaba, as well as Sharon Ekambram, um, who's a spokesperson for Kopanong Africa, a coalition of civil society organizations rallying against xenophobia and for the promotion and protection of migrant rights. And, you know, as we are about to have this conversation, I'm actually thinking as I'm listening to Horisani reporting on the mortuary in Dipkluf and how the families are there now, just across the road in Dipkluf, there's a hospital which used to be known as the Charles Herwitz Santa Hospital, which has now become what resembles a hijacked building, for example. There's a, a hole. It's no longer a hospital. You're seeing people have partitioned themselves in there. They're living in there. So this is clearly a big problem. As you know, one of our listeners says, we have a housing crisis. How do we begin to resolve it? But let's uh, then have these conversations and see exactly what's going on here. I'll start with you, Mr. Mashaba, because you were at the helm in the city of Johannesburg. At some point, um, you know, we, we, we saw you make a call up for, uh, you know, business people to come to the fore and provide plans of, you know, what they would do to rehabilitate some of the buildings and all of that. But I want us to take a step back and discuss the genesis of hijacked buildings in Johannesburg. Where does it all begin from your vantage point? I think uh, uh, hijacking of uh, buildings in the inner city of Johannesburg started uh, roughly 10 years after our uh, after 1994, where uh, um, you know people bought in bought a property or rented a property, and um, uh, with the intention of not really paying rental and making it difficult for the for for the owners, and some of them actually. Uh, this uh, syndicates literally actually uh, threatened the owners um, uh, with violence and the owners eventually ended up uh, leaving uh, uh, the, the building themselves. Uh, and then at the same time, unfortunately, not really getting the support of, uh, of, of our law enforcement agencies. You can imagine if you're an owner uh, and uh, people come into your building uh, refusing to pay and uh, threaten you of the physical and people end up uh, uh, actually not uh, 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 leaving the buildings because you have the responsibility to pay the municipality municipal services. However, um, you don't really receive rental. And uh, it really spread. It, this is not something that happened overnight. It took really many years until when I came into the, uh, in, in 2016, when I became a mayor, realized <clears throat> how massive this problem problem was. And Sharon, you know, one of the things that, that that's very clear as, as, as also listening to Mr. Mashaba there is that 
it's it's not a new problem. We heard about it. Some of us heard about it growing up. You know, they would say that these are some of the buildings that are hijacked there. What's we don't know what's going on. But I wonder from from your organization's perspective, just how far does this problem extend? Because we even hear, you know, from some of the listeners who are saying they're experiencing it in their own home provinces. I mean, that's a very good point about the fact that it goes beyond Johannesburg and beyond the inner city. And I would say that this goes right back to apartheid. This goes back to the the policies of the apartheid regime, which were racist, which confined black people to the worst parts of our country, and then to lay this problem at the doorstep of the current government and whether it's uh, uh, parties that are in, in, in coalitions in different uh, um, you know, uh, municipalities, not taking into account the need for um, transformation. For and, and, and this has been said repeatedly, that's why this is called a housing crisis. This is about people who are not being provided with accommodation uh, in, in moving from uh, you know, rural areas, moving to urban areas, which is a normal process of urbanization that takes place globally. It takes place all over the world. But because of our history, governments need to make resources available to ensure that people are housed decently in, uh, in, in, in uh, working in proximity to where they can find work and where they can uh, uh, live in dignity and their human rights are uh, respected. And I think that's the core, the ethos of our constitution. And that's what's been violated consistently by a government that just doesn't care. And talking about that, because, I mean, we hear this whole apartheid special planning, and, and, and it's, it's a huge issue, especially when you think about the design of how people were, you know, especially black people, were far away from the places of work. And right now you're still dealing with special issues uh, when it comes to just how you get people closer to their places of employment. Is it is it because, uh, you know, just to tally with your last point, and is it an issue, Sharon, that they don't care? or they simply do not have the capabilities of how to even plan or to begin? Because it sounds like, I don't know, they're helpless in this particular situation, yet some of these expertise needs to exist within the city. No, I don't think it's helpless, and I don't think it's it's, um, lack of knowledge and expertise. I think, firstly, the issue is corruption. I think there's serious systemic corruption that is not being dealt with and not being um, uh, and, and perpetrators are not being brought to book. And so the, this endemic con- uh, corruption uh, continues. But I also think the point that uh, my colleague on this call has pointed out is, where's the private sector? Mm. What role does big business have in transforming our country? That's the, what we're talking about today. Private sector, there is you know, enough documented of how they benefited unfairly from the par- apartheid system from the racial discrimination that took place in our country and the billions of profits they made from excessive exploitation. I just have to mention migrant labor. I don't need to say more mm. of how mm. the mining companies benefited. Now, where are they at the table contributing to transformation? They're obliged constitutionally to make a contribution towards ensuring that we can. there's equality in our country. No one is talking about equality. Instead, the final point I want to make on this is that all the politicians are 
scapegoating migrants as a way of diverting from the very fact that they are failing to transform our country. So you and I are now having the conversation about, you know, the fact that the, the buildings, it's, it's going to come that these buildings are hijacked by people who are undocumented. We do not have a mechanism of uh, disaggregated data for movement of people, let alone international movement, but internal movement. So that's why your point is very important. We do not know how many people are coming from the neighboring provinces, which is totally legal. If you are not, you want to move from the Eastern Cape to Gauteng, that's your right. We have freedom of movement mm. and, and our constitution has been written precisely to counter the evils of apartheid where black people, and this building is symbolic because of that, where black people had to go there and confirm that they have the correct pass to be in Joburg. And, you know, Sharon, you, you touch on something that they've been talking about for a, lo- a long time now. You know, we used to hear from uh, various premiers talking about rapid urbanization. We need to prepare for rapid urbanization. But if there are no stats, if there's nothing in that regard, then what happens? And I wonder, um, how then do you respond to all of this? Because one of the things that is very clear is that, um, you know, in some of these instances, we're we also seeing uh, the blame move towards, um, you know, people who are coming from outside of South Africa, yet um, it doesn't look like the internal movement is also known? You know, Bongyo, it's really very difficult uh, when you've got to really have uh, this kind of debate uh, as a result of our mismanagement, corruption, and we blame apartheid on a matter like this. Honestly, I think for me, it's a real insult uh, because uh, as much as apartheid uh, was an evil system and it it is an evil system, however, I think if we look at the hijacking, the hijacking of buildings that has happened post 1994, and we, our government let this happen, um, made uh, some of our senior politicians are being involved in this as syndicates. When you bring it to the attention, then we blame apartheid. Honestly, I think with with the respect, it, it actually for me it helps me even more where we we, we can really let uh, 76 people die in this manner when we had an opportunity to ensure that uh, we, we build affordable accommodation. We're saying where's the private sector? The private sector, when I was the, uh, the mayor of the city of Johannesburg, in the three years with a backlash, uh, pushback uh, from NGOs, uh, including our own government, when I was inviting the private sector, when we were expropriating these buildings. The private sector came to to the party uh, in the three years when I was uh, mayor of the city of Johannesburg, I identified over 600 buildings, 154 of them um, through council were approved, awarded to the private sector to build affordable accommodation for, for our people. These buildings were going to yield something like an investment of 32 billion rands of investment, providing affordable accommodation for our people and, and students. Uh, provide uh, just those 154. They were going to, to produce uh, 14,000 um, affordable accommodation uh, uh, creating 22,000 
Empl- uh, permanent employment uh, during and after uh, after after the building. So what now, happened I don't to understand those plans? Where, I don't I, I don't I don't understand how you know honestly then we can really blame apartheid for us not executing our plans. Now what happens is uh, remember let me just really give you the historical context of what actually happened during my three years as a, as a mayor on the first of December twenty nine and twenty sixteen. Uh, during my 100 days um, in office, realizing the massive housing backlog that we're sitting with in the city of Johannesburg, over 300,000 people of our own South Africans on the housing list, some of them far back as 1995, 1996. And at the same time, we had uh, these uh, hijacked buildings. During this 100 days, I then made an, one of the issues I raised was uh, the inner city rejuvenation plan for mm. us as a city to, uh, to expropriate those buildings, to look for the owners where we cannot find the owners who will expropriate. Then, uh, then on that same afternoon, you can go into your archives. That's when all hell broke loose, mm. uh, being called names and so forth. But fortunate enough, I wasn't the pair person to really be distracted because these were facts and something needed to, to, to happen. There was no way I would really sit as the mayor of the city of Johannesburg, allow criminal LM, uh, the syndicates of known ones uh, 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 yeah. to, 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 to continue. So right. in, the, in the three years, uh, 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 expropriated 154. But unfortunately, remember in 2019, that's when I came on across uh, secret meetings uh, uh, between the ANC and DA to remove me as a mayor. From the DA, they were saying, I'm focusing too much on, on poor areas and forget about cutting grass in Senton. And obviously, ANC, we were pursuing um, their involvement in, in, in corruption. So when I got to know about the secret meetings, I think obviously being a mayor and waiting to really be uh, uh, voted out by motion of no confidence of the NCND, I decided uh, to to leave. And when soon as I left, you can ask the officials in in, in the city. Then the new ANC administration came in and said to not leave this uh, Mashaba project. And what is actually quite painful about it is the fact that the private sector had already spent money bidding for this for these buildings because what happened how what happened with this project we first had to identify the, the buildings and then take them to council to uh, to let them know here the yeah. buildings that we've already exp- expropriated council do you al- can you allow us uh, to give them to the private sector council would pass them then we then advertise all right companies will then bid for these uh, buildings and then once they approved, uh, took the report to council to say, yeah, the com- uh, companies that have approved, uh, now they can start uh, building. All right, now, Dr. Masha, I'm going to ask just for a sec, if you can just pause for a second for me, because there's something else I want to add into this particular dimension. But let's take voice notes quickly and we'll come back to this. Uh, you see, my lady, that's how the ANC government has, has, has done, actually, or doing, by allowing undocumented foreign nationals to come to to come into South Africa. That's this they, they flock into the country. It's, it's an influx, so to speak. And then they are going to occupy all the towns in our country in the end. Every Tom Dickenary can say that. So there it is. We've been talking and talking about 
illegal immigrants. Borders porous. Borders porous, my lady. So they don't know what to do now. We are being invaded. Thank you. Willie and Kuma. Good morning to you. There are a combination of factors that contribute to this increase in a number of uh, hijacked buildings around the country. Uh, firstly, is poor border management. These buildings are mainly occupied by illegal immigrants from other countries. And the crime that is taking place in those buildings it's, is mind-blowing. Secondly, uh, corruption by our politicians who continue to have their hands graced by the kingpins of these buildings. Thirdly, it's a high rate of urbanization taking place in this country because there is no economic activity taking place in rural areas. And those guys from these areas moving to the city without a pen in their hand, the quick fix will always be, will always be, uh, your hijack building until such time that metros and local council sort out their um, uh, bylaws. We're still going to have these disasters taking place. All right, thank you very much. Ndogozo, I do understand on the line we've got Pramuro from Bloemfontein. Sharon, I'll see Sharon should also come to the table. You know, blaming a party, blaming the central government is not going to help. I'm a migrant from Ghana. When I walk in the street of Johannesburg, I'm not even safe because you are likely to be robbed, etc. All these by the occupant of this um, or unhygienic or um, like unhealthy buildings. Herman Mashaba, whilst he was the mayor, some of us disagree with his methodology, but now we regretted not having him as the mayor. Um, Johannesburg under his mayorship was very safer than it is today. So maybe... Um, Sharon can also indicate certain places where migrants, when they step in the, when they step their foot in Johannesburg, where they can also occupy. There are other migrant groups that provide accommodation to migrants in the country, somewhere in Messina, just after the border post. So maybe Sharon can embark on such a journey because it hurts when we hear migrants, like everything is being blamed on migrants, yeah. whereas we know within ourselves that some of us are part of these problems. We need solutions, not accusations. Besides, this country doesn't belong to us. So when we come here, we need to abide by the law, not crossing over to the law in the name of human rights. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pramuro. Do you appreciate it? Sharon, how do you respond? Well, I first want to respond to uh, Herman Mashaba's comment about the private sector wanting very eagerly to to buy off buildings and, and address our problems. And what he was speaking about is euphemism for gentrification. And I want to read the, the quote. And I think, you know, South Africans, we have to listen. We have to know that there are, we got to think through what we are saying. So gentrification is a process whereby the character of a poor urban area is, um, is changed by the wealthier people moving in and improving housing and then removing all the poor people, displacing, uh, you know, the inhabitants. That's what, what is taking place. So the, that's why this is rooted in apartheid. And the reason why we have to accept that is if we don't accept that, then the business can come in and pretend that everything is equal and we can just come and build Stain City, we can pull, build a Dane Fern, where if you're rich and wealthy, then human rights and dignity is commodified. I can buy a home and have a roof over my shoulder, but because I am poor, I can't, I don't have the right to that dignity because I can't afford a home. And that can't be the society we're living in. To my brother who just called in now, the problem is we can't blame it on the migrants. 
unless we know where is the substantiated evidence-based information saying that we are flooded with migrants. We have millions, of, we have 60 million people in our country and Stats SA, which I have huge respect for, one of the only departments that's actually functioning efficiently and doing its, its uh, administrative justice in our country, says there's at least 3 million. That's an estimate based on consensus data of, of foreign nationals in our country. Now, you do the maths. How can 3 million people disrupt our country to such an extent that you have the situation in any city? My final point is, right, that Joburg was made for a tiny minority of people, white people. And we all know this. And what additional resources? Give us the facts. Account to us as government. What resources have you put in proportion to that problem to address the fact that there's a natural urbanization taking place? If I don't want to live in a rural area, I have the right to move out. Whether I have money or not, that's my right as a human being. All right. That's what we were under apartheid. Get to the Damashava to respond. Well, you know, Bongiwe, if, you know, my call... Uh, league uh, on the other hand uh, she's got such a good heart uh, and uh, and the capacity that she builds uh, build, uh, the private sector must come to the party whether there's a rule of law or not where they're being threatened uh, by uh, violence and uh, they've got no support and protection whatsoever from the pol- from the police i think good people like her, they, then they must build the cities uh, according to how they want because no businessman in the world is going to go into an environment where there's a there's, there's a total breakdown of the rule of law where uh, you, you 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 build a property and uh, from there you are a subject of criminal uh, 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 syndicates with no protection whatsoever from 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 our law enforcement agencies so for her i think it's good what she's saying as a good human being i advise her please go and build uh, houses for our people in a manner that uh, that that it's in line with your values that's because just rude property. herman that's just rude How's uh, how's that route? Because I'm I'm just saying. Tell me, is there any businessman who can really go out and and uh, provide uh, uh, buildings or go and invest money? I, I've given an example when I was the mayor. When uh, that. Uh, I, I was under take called names being xenophobic and so forth, but I managed to get the private sector to put their own money to build affordable accommodation where for our people. The, where That's are what the police in this conversation? Exactly. Where are the police in this conversation? Because if, if these buildings are being hijacked, it's a criminal element. Where are the police? Yes. Bongi, I'm sure uh, please go into your archives. Uh, no, I know, uh, I know. At, That's why I, I know you've spoken when, about when, it. Uh, when, when I even had to go and lay criminal charges mm. against the Benintlemeza or head of the Hawks, when he was uh, saying to all the detectives and the, the teams in the Hawks to say, all the cases of the city of Johannesburg, please, they must be brought to my attention. Uh, and and I went with General Sibia to lay a charge of defeat in the ends of justice because he was interfering with the criminal justice system. Now, where where were these NGOs? At the time, they were focusing on calling me xenophobic and whatever. But luckily, even when they reported me to the Human Rights Commission, uh, only to find that everything I, I said was in line with the constitution of, of the Republic of South Africa. I'm just and, now okay. telling you from a commercial point of view, the private sector is, it was willing and is, is willing to really work with, with government uh, to ensure that um, 
uh, they can build affordable accommodation for our people. They've got to be protected. I'd like us to have more of this discussion because there's clearly a lot of missing parts here um, and, and they continue to exist, especially when it comes to this housing crisis. It's a housing crisis. And one hopes that maybe next week we speak to the Human Settlements Department and maybe the minister. The housing crisis how is it being dealt with? And uh, thank you so much to you both for your time. There is a former Johannesburg mayor and Action SA leader Herman Mashaba, as well as Sharon Ekambram, who is the spokesperson for Kopanong Africa, a coalition of civil society organizations rallying against xenophobia and for the promotion and protection of migrant rights. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.